1: Welcome to the 11 Personnel Podcast, your favorite Rams podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Rodriguez, and with me, as always, our last podcast of 2020, and an emergency episode, my fabulous co-host, Rich Hammond. Rich, how you doing?
2: <laughs> I have a strange sense of deja vu, Jordan. It's <laughs> almost like... I know this sounds crazy, but it's almost like we recorded a podcast about five hours ago and then had to scrap it entirely after we got some news. So we might as well get to it, right? Because everybody knows what we're talking about. Uh, The Rams are going to have a new quarterback for a very, very important game.
1: Crucial game. Yeah. So uh, to the good listeners, the good fans of the 11 Personnel Podcast, uh, Rich and I had a Pretty solid episode queued up for you today, <laughs> courtesy of our our fabulous producer, Danielle. But uh, we got some news. John Wolford is going to be starting for the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals in a game where the Rams very much do control their fate in that if they beat the Cardinals, they are in the playoffs. If they lose to the Cardinals, their fate is then decided by the winner of the Bears-Packers game. And that, of course, means that earlier reporting that we had done over at TheAthletic.com about Jared Goff and impending thumb surgery is indeed confirmed by Sean McVay on Monday night at the 11th hour. (laughs) 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 Or so it felt. Um, So so basically what happened was this. Jared Goff had surgery to repair an unspecified injury, uh, uh, some damage to his thumb, suffered, and for sure was a dislocation. Um, Sources told me on Sunday night, suffered when he accidentally slapped his hand against the helmet of a defensive player, or the defensive player accidentally slapped his helmet against Jared Goff's hand. Who knows how physics work in this scenario? And uh, Jared Goff's thumb became dislocated, and he popped it back into place and finished the fourth quarter of the game. So according to Sean McVay... Uh, the Rams then decided and had several conversations and consultations with various doctors through the evening on Sunday night, and decided early in the wee hours of Monday morning that Jared would have a simple—if uh, any surgery could be simple, this one was described as such—simple surgery uh, to stabilize some of the damage in his thumb. The indication is there are multiple stabilizing screws in his thumb and Sean McVay is pretty adamant that if the Rams make the playoffs, Jared would actually be good to play in week one of the playoffs. Should that happen? Did I miss anything?
2: Whew, there's a lot there Jordan uh could you things... could
1: you hear how uh, how layered my voice is
2: <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, the, lots of things get decided very early in the morning I'm sure that's that's exactly what happened um but uh <laughs> yeah that's um it's obviously huge uh huge news here i mean the, the Rams I, I think we can all agree they shouldn't have put themselves in in this position uh they could have clinched a playoff spot two weeks ago. Against the New York Jets, and then this game. I'm not saying it would have been meaningless, but it certainly wouldn't have been as important. Uh, as it is now. And then, of course, they didn't take care of business this past Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks. So uh, they've put themselves in this situation, and now just, uh, you know, like you said, one slap of the helmet and uh, welcome John Wolford. Uh, he, he's a guy who has been around a little bit. Uh, he signed to the, to the practice squad. He's kind of your quintessential uh, practice squad kind of guy, really good at running the scout team. He's a very versatile quarterback has never, ever taken a snap in an NFL regular season game, and now he will be doing so essentially with the Rams uh, playoffs on the line. Jordan, I know I know you've watched uh, you know John quite a bit. I think probably the first thing Rams fans are going to be curious about is, how do you think this changes the offense? I mean, we all know it hasn't been going really well to begin with uh, under Jared Goff, who was struggling even before he hurt his thumb, but Um, what do you think happens here? Do they try to basically run the same kind of things with John Walford or do they build in something for his skill set? Do we even have a, a guess as to how this is going to look?
1: Yeah, I have a couple of guesses. What I would like to tell you and I, what I would like to tell Rams fans, I would really, really get a ton of enjoyment out of watching John Walford operate the Rams offense, uh, As a quarterback who can use his legs to extend plays, I would very much enjoy seeing um, a couple of designed runs. I would very much enjoy seeing them go tempo quite often because John Wolford um, is extremely quick and gets to the line of scrimmage quickly. Very, very smart guy, according to his teammates. And you have to be if you're any quarterback in the league that's running the scout team every week to um, the effectiveness against this Rams first team defense that he has been able to do. He has been operating as every quarterback the Rams have faced um, throughout their season so far, and obviously a very, very uh, wide ranging skill set within these this sort of schedule of quarterbacks that they've faced. And you just hear really glowing things about his um, adaptation of each opposing playbook because, as we know, they pattern match. So what that means is John is out there running the plays that they do see on Sundays as that quarterback instead of just sort of um, doing schematic things like you see on a scout team or doing concepts like you would see on a scout team. They're running the the literal plays. So uh, what I would really like to see is, is the Rams just um, basically uh, feeling themselves backed into a corner, would love to see them try to punch their way out. I would would love to tell Ram's fans that they're going to, um like I said, get some design runs, go tempo. I'd love to see, uh, I'd love to tell Ram's fans that they're gonna get a one two punch going with Xavier Jones um, running and catching passes out of the backfield in multiple one on- one matchups against schemed up against linebackers and bigger defensive backs. I would like to tell Ram's fans <laughs> that uh, Malcolm Brown is going to be the guy who loosens up the front. Um, Cam Akers even astoundingly may possibly make his return on Sunday from a high ankle sprain that he played through two weeks ago against the Jets, um, or I guess a week and a half ago against the Jets and missed obviously last Sunday's game um, while recovering from that. So um, I would like to say all of these things. I'd like to say that we'll see some downfield passing as well, and they'll get going really quickly and and well with tempo with Robert Woods and Cooper cup. But I honestly uh, more realistically will tell you that I think based on what I've seen from Sean McVay this year, you're going to be seeing um, them play it safe. That's kind of what I I more so realistically would imagine um, seeing from them on Sunday. And um, it would delight me to be wrong. I think that would be really, really fun to watch if I were wrong.
2: Yeah, I agree, Jordan. It, there's a couple ways you can go with this. First of all, I think you probably uh, take Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and like put them in carbonite for the next few days here, <laughs> so that they don't uh, they don't somehow hurt themselves because uh, you're definitely going to need that defense o- on Sunday. So. There's a couple different mindsets here. I mean, and that that's that is part of it. You can look at it and say, "Hey, we're we're going to rely on the defense. We're going to try to win this game, you know, ten to seven or, or something like that, and and we'll just be pretty conservative with it and and kind of do what we do uh, and and not try to make a lot of mistakes, not try to put John Walford in in uncomfortable situations not have to rely too much on Xavier Jones so that's one way to look at it or you just kind of go hey you know what let's let's see what we got here let's let's roll the dice and and uh you know come up with a a package that that makes sense for for these players and their unique skill sets uh that's certainly the higher risk (laughs) option um the other thing we don't know is is what Kyler Murray's status is Uh, you know everybody in LA is is going to be focused on Jared Goff and and John Walford and what's going on there. And in, in Phoenix and in Arizona, they're looking at, is is Kyler Murray going to play? How how healthy is he going to be? So what what an amazing matchup it could be in store for. I'm not even sure who Arizona's backup quarterback is. I'm going to have to look that up. But uh, for, for a game that has so much at stake, it's really going to be uh, a, a quite a matchup. But uh, the other thing that that came of note, Blake Bortles, uh, former uh, Rams backup quarterback, looks like he's going to to be uh, back in the fold. He's on uh, Denver's practice squad, so the Rams will apparently look to to bring him back. And uh, And then who knows where this goes, Jordan? I mean, Jared Goff, let's, let's say even the Rams win on Sunday, and, and you, you do enough to clinch the playoff spot. So, wow, you're, you're going to put a guy back out there basically 13 days or maybe 12 days, depending on when the playoff game is uh with, with a handful of screws. <laughs> I mean this this the story is only going to get more wild, isn't it?
1: Yes, well according to Sean McVeigh, uh Jared Goff is really that tough that he could be able to uh come back from a surgical procedure within a two-week period and play in a playoff game. Um, i I don't say that as a knock on Jared. I know my tone is is dripping right now, but right. Uh, I more so say that as a um I think a little bit of frustration to not get further clarity on such a procedure despite direct questioning. Right. And so I think that that's where a little bit of the the frustration comes. I think the fan base is extremely curious about the status of this franchise quarterback. Um moving forward. So basically, um it it's interesting that they made the call for Blake Bortles. At, at this point, um, you know, basically Sunday, they probably could, if Blake comes in and gets onboarded, COVID procedures take a lot of time and he's coming off a practice squad. So um he has to come on the 53 man. Well, Jared Goff is obviously still gonna be on the 53 man. Uh Bryce Perkins may be elevated, and Sean McVeigh said um um just tonight talking with media after I I asked for further clarification that Bryce Perkins would be promoted from the practice squad. And so obviously until Blake Bortles is onboarded, that's our operational knowledge is that the quarterback depth for Sunday will go John Walford, Bryce Perkins, who I think um, is kind of underrated, honestly. And, and then Blake Bortles is sort of on route and then there could be four active quarterbacks. And then obviously only possibly three would get jerseys on uh game day right. or two, depending on how they feel, how comfortable they feel there, um, on game day. And so it's just a lot, there's a lot of moving parts right now, a lot of moving pieces. And, you know, one thing I want to say too, about changing the offense, I know there's like a ton of excitement right now, I've watched a lot of John Walford games, which is kind of funny considering um, I lived in Charlotte for four years. So um, obviously him being at Wake Forest, I caught a lot of his games. And then I also caught the the Belk Bowl games where he set all kinds of records and really played outstandingly well. Um, That's actually that game was held in the stadium where I worked every day because it was Bank of America Stadium and, and where the Carolina Panthers play. And so it, it's really kind of interesting to now be out here and then now John Walford um who also by the way played for my hometown Arizona Hotshots <laughs> in the, oh, of yeah. the of the AAF is now um going to be making his first NFL start and all of that I think is so interesting one thing though in in covering Sean McVay for this last season um I have not seen a ton of proof that he'll change sort of this scheme from what it what it has been for the last um, several weeks. I think that there could be some fun, fun designs and fun concepts to be to be had. And like I said before, I would be delighted to be wrong. But you're already kind of playing with an offensive line that's um, a little bit. Uh, hit or miss at times, and you have to change your blocking concepts. If you are doing some of these design run plays, you have to change what your receivers are doing, which, you know, I have no doubt right. that guys like Robert Woods and Cooper Cup could handle it. But I, I really think we'll see similar, like some versions of what the Rams are doing right now. But just as we saw Jared Goff keep it, if guys are covered downfield and then, you know, sort of uh, meander his way downfield with the ball. You're gonna probably see John Walford much more comfortable doing something like that. So, yeah, he can extend plays. If they roll him out in like bootlegs and things like that, that's gonna be interesting to me because, of course, John Walford can throw on the run and he's gonna be getting out into that boot a lot faster. Than you would normally expect from right. a Jared Goff. So those types of things are where I think I'm a little bit more interested um, in seeing how they how they execute, and then obviously how the route the route concepts unfold and develop downfield at that point as well. Um, I mean, it's just a, it's a lot, isn't it, Rich? It feels like <laughs> we're we're in week 17, and all of a sudden the Rams' world is completely flipped upside down.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone.
2: Yeah, it, it really is amazing. And it is the very different types of quarterbacks too. I hope that, you know, goes without saying, I mean, you just talk about the running ability and, and, and things like that. And I'm just curious to see, we all know some of Jared's issues in the pocket, you know, when, when dealing with standard pressure. Uh, this past week, this past weekend against Seattle, it's it's not even just the blitzing. It's it's your standard, it's your standard rush that, that has been giving him some problems. So how does that change when when John Walford's in the game? I don't know. You're, you're talking about a really uh, a veteran defensive coordinator on the other side there, in Vance Joseph, uh, with with Arizona. He's been around a long, long time. He's been an NFL head coach, so I'm sure he's uh, he's he's you know putting the pot of coffee on right now, uh, trying to, to look at some uh, John Walford film and and trying to uh, you know. Envision what the Rams might be trying to to do. The initial thought for me is, if you're in that position, you 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 try to make that guy make some plays. I mean, that's that's kind of cliche, I guess, but uh, you you, know, you try to slow down the run, uh, which could be Xavier Jones, parts parts of this game, and then you you try to make John Walford uh, make some plays. But you know, the Rams have some some other tricks. They obviously use a lot of those jet sweep plays and and things like that. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if. If you see quite a bit of that, and utilizing some of those skill sets of, of Robert Woods and, and Cooper Cup. But yeah, Jordan. I mean, everything changes. I mean, it, it's the even the the chemistry that that Jared has with certain receivers. We all know about his connection with Cooper Cup. And, and how comfortable those two are together. And Jared's been throwing to Tyler Higbee for a long time. He knows he has a real good understanding of what Tyler Higbee's doing on the field. So, uh, it's a little bit different here. And, and I guess the only good thing, or maybe the primary good thing is that this did happen early in the week. Uh, I know we, we had both uh, in, the, in the last episode of 11 personnel, we, <laughs> we, we had been talking about how. You know, maybe if if there's a possibility that Jared could play well, then you you, you string it out as long as you can and you see, you know, is he going to be able to make it and you make the call when you have to. Well, they've made the call now. So that's the, the, the probably the, the primary good part about this is now the Rams won't practice on Tuesday. That's, that's the standard uh, player day off. But then they'll have three days of, of John Walford running with the first-team offense. So it, at least they have that clarity right now. And uh, those are going to be three really, really important practice days, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, and specifically, Rich – made the decision in the wee hours of uh, yes. Monday morning Sunday right. Sunday evening Monday morning who's to say mm-hmm. Well we know who could say but won't <laughs> all right anyway
2: by the way by the way if, if you if you didn't like uh, not being able to get information about Jared Goff's thumb, let me I'll tell you some stories about a year's worth of questions about Todd Gurley's knee and trying to <laughs> uh, trying to find out what was going on there. So but that's yeah. um, look, I, I, I get it. it, it I, I know exactly where their minds are on this. It's. If 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 we do win this game on Sunday, then you know Team X is going to be very curious to see exactly what happened to Jared. Ger- I mean, it's it's very typical NFL coaching. You know, I don't want to I don't want to say paranoia, but uh, w- whatever a slightly less uh, <laughs> offensive word there is.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, other than the fact that like everybody in league circles knows anyway. <laughs> right. I mean, I yeah. I I I doubt that the Rams upcoming opponent will will think that, you know, the Rams are doing a lot of things differently because Jared has an unknown number of screws in his right thumb. So <laughs> um but yeah, no, you know, it, it's it's interesting. Um it's just interesting to see and and I think it it also brings up the sort of interesting philosophical question, Rich, that you and I had been having over the course of the last 24 hours or so. And it's almost like, okay, is is John Walford in a good position generally to be in this spot in week 17 of the regular season with the playoffs on the line? Or do you think this is a bad position for him to be in?
2: Oh, boy. I I mean I you I really would have to know more uh, uh, about him um you know No I, I mean just
1: generally uh, your backup yeah, from the perspective of the backup being right. thro- thrown into this situation what I mean wh- philosophically yeah, I, what do you think
2: Philosophically I <sighs> Uh, yeah, I, I, it wouldn't be ideal for me. <laughs> it, it, it wouldn't be, but I, I guess the only the only way I was going with that was a little bit different direction. I no, I I don't think it's great, but you know, it, it, to me, it I, I guess I looked at it as how how is he going to process this? You know, is is he going to? Some guys will will look at that situation and and kind of freeze and just be like, oh my goodness. Uh, what's going on here? I've never taken an NFL snap before, and now I'm going into a game with my team's entire playoffs on the line. Whereas other guys might just be, hey, you know what? I got this is my shot. I've got, I've got nothing to lose here. This this is the opportunity that I've been waiting for, and uh, let's let's just roll with it. And uh, you know, it, I, I have a to answer your question more directly. I mean, if if you know, not having the run game either. You know, not not knowing what's going on there. If you, if you had a full complement. Of of Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown, uh, then I'd I'd feel a little bit more more confident about it too, and, and know Andrew Whitworth in there obviously, and, and the offensive line, I think having some issues, especially over these last few weeks. It's it's not it's not a real ideal uh, situation. So I'm just uh, I, you know Jordan even more than maybe even the offensive meeting rooms this week. I I'd, I'd be really curious to. To hear what's going on in the defensive meeting rooms. Uh, I, I think it'll be a situation where those guys and and we know how how prideful they are and 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 how you know, seriously they they take everything on their side of the ball. I, I think this will be an opportunity for them to just kind of rally around each other and be like, hey, we've we've got to carry the team this week. I mean, they have been doing it yeah, and for a week. while. <laughs> but you know what I mean, just kind of like you mentioned a little bit earlier, the back against the wall thing, and and I think they can kind of maybe use that as is fuel a little bit like, hey, we've got to we've got to make the plays on Sunday. You know, we've we've got to pick up John Walford. We got to pick up some of these guys who don't usually play. So I I, I think they've got that in them. Uh, but uh, this game, I, I have absolutely no idea what to expect out of this game.
1: You know, if I'm John Walford, I almost called him Jared Walford. Oh my God, if I'm John Walford going into this game, I actually think I and this my. My answer to this was different this morning uh, in the wee hours of the morning when the Rams right. were apparently making the decision for a chair to have surgery. <laughs> um, right. my, my answer to this has changed. I, at first I was like, oh gosh, what a tough position for him to be put in. I actually think he is just floating in gravy in this position because you, you're you the backup quarterback. So while people people are... Relatively excited about you because you're new blood. The starting quarterback has been turning the football over and just came off a game where he made some really questionable decisions you are a relative unknown. You're basically a folk legend at this point because of what you've done when you were in college. The fact that you worked for like a a private equity firm and you still have a LinkedIn profile and all your teammates really like you and the coaches really like you. And there's all these sort of like local legend stories about John Walford. And there's these moments in training camp, like where he initiate, initiates contact on guys because he's just real, real like wants to be in it all the time. So you're sort of at that status, right? Well, externally, there's there's no expectation on you because right. if you if you fail, what could people have expected from you? You're the backup quarterback being thrown into this game in week 17. So right. if you fail short of turning the ball over five times at that point I think people could blame you, but if if you fail to win the game for your team, nobody's expecting you to be superhuman. They're really right. expecting what you just said, the defense to once again carry the offense like they have for most, if not all, of the games this season. And then they're also expecting Sean McVay to call an efficient and solid game. Well, one are, probably Sean will get blamed if if the team loses. You won't be as the backup quarterback. And if you win, you get to carry that sort of status with you, you're, you're the hero oh at that gosh, point. Yeah. You're the great story. So you're kind of in a win-win situation where you won't carry the blame with you, most likely won't carry the blame with you for a loss. It'll kind of be like a, you know, what were we expecting with a situation like this that's sort of come across our our team? Like, what were we expecting? And then if you win, you sort of have that, like, continued folklore legend associated with you. So I actually now, and it, it took me sort of pacing around as the rain fell today and thinking about this. I really I really changed my position on this cuz I I entered today thinking, oh man, what a crappy position to to find yourself in. And then I also think that we talked a lot about this in the the podcast that never was. <laughs> we approaching the situation with nuance, right? Like two things can be true. It can be a John Walford can be an exciting but have exciting potential based on the sheer fact that his skill set is different from that of the franchise quarterback and that he, um, has sort of a little bit more of a dynamic ability than the franchise quarterback. But also, you know, it can also be true to not expect the world of him to not expect him to go so far outside of himself, um, or outside of sort of his, his status as a backup quarterback. Like we can hold both of those things true. Hey, cool, we're going to see something different maybe possibly on Sunday. Also, though, let's not sit there and expect him to like, you know, part the waters or anything like that, because that would, I think that would be unfair. And so you kind of just have to go in with no expectations. And again, John Walford wins in that regard, because if people go in thinking, okay, (laughs) we have no expectations, do your best. And he does his best and they win. Well, then you can carry that with you.
2: Yeah, I I certainly hope he he feels that way just as a as a fellow human being, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, that, that that that's how he he f- uh, views it. I I could also see the other side as, you know, somebody I maybe I'm just projecting my own kind of uh, personality or whatever, but it, but I could also kind of see the other side of it as like, oh my gosh, this is you know, this is the opportunity that I'm that I've been waiting for. What if this is the only one? What if this is the only game that I ever get to start? You know, I, I need to I need to do well. I need to play well. Um, it, it's a little bit of a different scenario than, for instance, you know Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's now come off the bench. I don't know, like 140 times to 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 win games. Where you know that guy literally has nothing to lose. I mean, he's you know, nearing the end of his career. Uh, he's he's had a great success. He's played a ton of games. He can go in there pretty loose and be like, hey, this is this is just fun. I'm just having fun. Uh, I I hope John Walford feels that way. Uh, but it, it, there's got to be a little bit. I hope he's not listening to this. I'll, I'm going to be giving him a complex if he's if he's listening to it. But you know, this is a, this is a guy who's who's worked his way up from from Wake Forest and uh, through that AAF and and through practice squad and everything else. And and I'm sure there's excitement. But there's there's also got to be a little bit of a feeling of oh my goodness, here it is. This is this is the game. This is the moment. Uh, that I've been waiting for, and, and I get all of six days to to prepare for it. So I, I certainly hope, and that's why I start off by saying, you know, I, I don't really know his personality well enough to know, um, you know, kind of which side of the, the ledger he he falls on. That is, is he kind of the easygoing, like, hey, you know, I'm just going to take this as it comes, or or is he going to be, you know, having a lot of sleepless nights between now and Sunday, uh, uh, thinking about all the all the things that could go on in, in that game? But you know what. He's got a lot of he's got a lot of good people around him. Uh, he's, you know, a lot of people who uh, work with quarterbacks. But bringing in Blake Bortles, I, I think, will be good. I don't again. I don't know how much time he's going to be uh, in that building. I'm sure Jared will be around. Um, I don't know. I, I assume that's uh, allowed. I, I don't know what the, what the kind of COVID protocols are, are going to be and all that. But I, I'm certain he can uh, at least talk to John Walford and be a, a you know a voice in his ear and, and that sort of thing. Blake Bortles has been in this offense before so he's familiar with it so i i think they're they're going to be surrounding him and of course Kevin O'Connell uh and and some other folks in in the uh, coaches rooms who who handle quarterbacks he, he's going to have a lot of good people around him and then they've got a few days here uh to, to get him prepared but just a total wild card i have absolutely no idea what to expect
1: Yeah, and uh, I, ca- I actually consider myself, uh, I think, a little bit, mm, I think I understand what he could possibly bring. I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, say that, like, I know I know how he's going to do on Sunday, because right. I don't. Nobody does. However much the hype rises in noise level, as it already has over Twitter the last couple of hours. Right. Um, but, like, John Walford's better than people expect. And I think he is going to be underestimated particularly by the opposing team. And um I don't I think he will mentally I think he will rise to the occasion in terms of not just getting into the system and whatever they're going to run but also um keeping calm and not getting rattled. Like I think he's better in that regard than maybe people would expect. However, Again, I would also say, like, let's just chill the hell out. <laughs> let's Right,
2: like, right.
1: Let's, like, measure expectations because whatever he can do for you, if he can just execute the offense and not turn the ball over, that's gravy. Really, that is. Because um, you, you really just – you already know you can beat the, the Cardinals with your base offense, for lack of a better phrase. Right. And so – and you have done so many, many times. So if you just execute the way that you have in the past and you don't make – You know these unforced errors, and the defense continues to show up the the way they've shown up, you can just get through this situation and then move forward. And, by the way, during that time, I will not be entertaining questions (laughs) about what if John Walford wins? Will they stick with him through the playoffs? I'm not saying that that's a bad question. I think if you are someone who is just done watching the inconsistencies from Jared Goff, I don't fault you for asking that question. However, I personally will not be entertaining it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, I joined. I, I, I signed that petition also. Uh, I will not be entertaining it also. Uh, but uh, yeah. Someone will
1: uh, ask it. I guarantee you someone oh, yeah, at yeah, one yeah, of these yeah. press conferences will ask it. But uh, I, you know, I'll just say this. You're not going to rush a quarterback back from a surgery if you're not planning on playing him in the playoffs. Right. Especially when you're getting Andrew Whitworth back in the playoffs as well and then playing your star running back on a high sprain, like you're not right. going to rush the guy back from surgery. I don't care how miraculous you're talking up this procedure. And, and obviously, you know, all the respect in the world for Dr. Steven Shin, who did the procedure um, at Cedar sinai But, but I don't, yeah, I mean, a surgery is a surgery, guys. Like screws are screws. And so you're not going to rush your quarterback back just to sit him because your backup played well. That's all I'm saying.
2: Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, there, there's a reason that they, they they made the call when they did in the, in the early hours of, of Monday morning. Um, is <laughs> they are they're 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 keeping an eye on the calendar. They're looking at it, going, okay, if we do it right now, then what are the chances? You know that yeah. uh that, that he's going to be back. Uh, you know they're they're not they're not waiting on it. Uh, for, uh, well we'll see how it goes in a couple of days. And and um, yeah, that's that's absolutely um, you know it, yeah it's it's a fair question to be asked. But the but Jordan going back back to what you said I don't I don't think the question here is not is for this week anyway the question is not is John Walford better than Jared Goff like if if people are if that's how people want to frame the question and I think they're asking the wrong question the uh, the question is can they can the rams for this week come up with a game plan around John Walford that will be good enough to beat the Arizona Cardinals? That's really the only question here. You're not looking a week down the line. You're not looking ahead to training camp or anything else. This is The entire 100% focus right now is how can they get John Walford prepared and how can they come up with a game plan uh, utilizing his skills that will beat the Arizona Cardinals? That is the only question,
1: I think. Yeah, I think – if they can keep that tunnel vision cuz you know they're going to try sort of block out everything else you know this team can certainly beat the cardinals um right. don't forget it's an important game for the cardinals to win too there's there's playoff hopes on the line there's controlling Absolutely. one's own destiny on the line so with or without kyler murray and that remains to be seen you know we're we're going <laughs> to we're going to see what happens there um over the next couple of days who knows maybe they're making their own decision in the wee hours of Tuesday morning, uh, on, on Kyler. So we'll have to see over the next couple of days, how that goes. But really, I I think the Rams, I think the Rams, uh, I've, I've found this team to be motivated, um, by their defeats and motivated by their situations. And sometimes that's a bad thing when their opponent is, um, you know, for lack of a better phrase, and I see this uh, um, on social media all the time, but like the quote unquote playing down to your opponent. Well, on the converse I've seen, them very much rise to the occasion when they're playing an opponent um, such as their first matchup against Seattle or some of the tougher games, Tampa Bay, some of the tougher games that they've played and won this season. While this situation their opponent, they might've been able to handle easily in the past, but the situation itself is adverse. And so they know that. And I think it's a motivating quality. And and like you said before, particularly for the defense, I think it would be a very motivating quality um, because they know this, this, this is their team and even more so now than it was uh, uh, up until the wee hours of Monday morning. I mean, this right. is this is the defense's team, and it's their identity. And so, um, if they can continue to stay in the tunnel vision, um, and and then the other thing I, I want to leave people with is, I do love to when I when there's a new player on the team or someone who's kind of under the radar. Um, I like to see how their teammates facial expressions are when they talk about that person. And I will say Mm -hmm. that it bodes well in terms of team chemistry and on such short notice that everyone who's talked about John Walford so far in terms of his preparation, his attitude, his sort of dexterity within the offense, um, just burst into smiles. Like Malcolm Brown (laughs) today was actually laughing, um, imagining some of the, some of the things, you know, in preparations that Walford would be able to do, Um, and be ready for just in case his number was called. And so I think that, um, I I think that they're going to be, I think they're going to rally behind him understanding that this is a guy they like and have liked. Just like Jared, I mean, they rallied behind him after he hurt his thumb, and and they were ex- expressing appreciation for the way that he sort of stuck through um, and reset his thumb, and then stuck through the end of that game. And and you know, I get the sense that they genuinely enjoy being around John Walford, and they genuinely think that um, you know, th- they don't think that he doesn't give them a chance. So that's a positive place to start.
2: Yeah, for sure, I, I can definitely see that, and it's you know, the scout team quarterback does a lot of the dirty work, doesn't get any, does Get any of the glory helps the defense out a lot, uh, you know. D- during the week, and uh, you, c- you could definitely see how those guys would be motivated to kind of want to pick it up for him and want him to enjoy some some glory or at least a, a memorable game. Uh, you know, to t- almost like to pay him back for all the, the work that he's done to to help them uh, during the season. I think you could see the offensive line maybe rally too and be like, hey, we gotta we gotta we gotta be on our screws. You know, we gotta protect this guy because uh, it's it's an unusual situation. So I guess that's kind of the best case scenario. <laughs> (laughs) for for all this there's certainly things that can go wrong and uh you know we've seen plenty of times when a kind of a young inexperienced quarterback comes in and the moment is just a little bit too big but everybody's different so i I just i'm just fascinated to see uh, you know what what comes of this but but jordan but before we go I think, you know, we, sh- we shouldn't lose Xavier Jones in all of this too because, uh, you know, like you said, Cam Akers, uh, we don't know. Maybe he'll give it a go. You don't know how that ankle is going to respond. But but if it's not Cam Akers, then you're looking at a whole lot of Malcolm Brown maybe, uh, but, but potentially uh, Xavier Jones, a guy out of uh, SMU like Rams legend Eric Dickerson. So a little bit of an interesting uh, history there. But what um, obviously Rams Fans have not seen this guy so what, what 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 would you expect if if he does get on the field if he is involved in the game plan what what kind of role or what kind of things could he do out there that that would help move the ball
1: well we did talk to Malcolm Brown this morning and so obviously with with Daryl Henderson going on IR and can makers yet yeah, Sean's optimistic that he could come back on Sunday um that's it's really high ankle sprains are so fickle so while yeah. Cam Akers has been so impressive with the way he's battled back from injury and battled through injury this entire season. But again, let's be realists here in that there's a possibility that his, his ability is limited some on Sunday with that high ankle sprain um, that he's still recovering from. So if Xavier Jones is the guy, um, Malcolm Brown was talking about how shifty he is. And again, this is a, this is a guy who teammates just break into smiles when talking about him because They've seen his ability through training camp. Austin Blythe said, like, day one of training camp, he knew that Xavier Jones was going to make the roster. Um, it's just a guy that they were really impressed with in terms of his um, agility and shiftiness. You know, he's not a guy who you're going to want running downhill all the time. You know, the Malcolm Brown can handle that. He Xavier Jones is a guy in a best-case scenario where you're trying to run him outside, pop him outside, find him a, a couple of maybe initial gaps and then some cutbacks or something really um, a little bit more technical than just your north to south stuff, and you also want to work him in space as an outlet for the quarterback and so it kind of is in, an interesting scenario because understanding that that could very well be such a great skill set for Xavier Jones to have, and then also knowing that you've got a new quarterback in and you want to get him into a rhythm and you want to go up tempo if you can, and you want to move the ball downfield by any means necessary, well you now are going to activate a running back who could very well be your layup outlet for the quarterback who could get him into a rhythm early. If you work him into the passing game Complement with some downhill running from Malcolm Brown, I think that that would be a very smart thing for the Rams to do. And Xavier Jones is a perfect complimentary running back to be able to do something like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Having Malcolm Brown in there too. Yeah. I, I could see how that compliment would, would work if you can kind of get the two of them. Um, in, a, in a little bit of a rhythm there so wow this is I was just thinking that week 17 games you usually think of it, very rarely especially for the Rams over the the last couple of years I mean uh, last year they they'd been eliminated in uh, 2017 and 2018 they were already in the playoffs 2016 was just a, a disaster the game didn't mean anything I mean what a fascinating uh, week 17 game and uh, I know Rams fans are going to be very curious. Uh, throughout the week to hear more uh, about how John Walford is doing. I'm sure there will be updates on Cam Akers, or maybe there won't be. But you're, I know Jordan will at least try to get <laughs> updates on Cam Makers. So it's a great week if you're not already following along with Jordan on Twitter to uh, follow her at uh, Jordan JordanRodrigue on Twitter. And uh, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, Jordan will be also be doing a live Q&A on a Tuesday afternoon from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific time. So good opportunity to uh, jump on and uh, and chat with Jordan before what is going to be just an extraordinary game.
1: Yeah, you guys, make sure you join me in there. Um, and, and for those of you guys who have been sort of tracking the stories it unfolds, listen, I know it's been so chaotic and so hectic, and there's been a lot of initial information and then sort of misdirection from various camps out there. Um, and, and I just appreciate you guys who have stuck with uh, our reporting over at The Athletic and then our um, sort of poking into the situation. Um, I, I really, really appreciate you guys who have um, just bore with us as the craziness <laughs> unfolds this late in the season. Um, you know, I take a lot of pride in, in bringing you the most accurate and up-to-date information that I can Uh, and you know, I I just appreciate those of you who take the time to absorb and process, ask great questions. Um, love it when you guys leave us at the 11 personnel podcast, fantastic reviews. We read everything. Uh, we try to respond to as much as we can. My mentions have been out of control for the last couple of days. So if I haven't gotten to you, I'm sorry, (laughs) but join me (laughs) in the, uh, in the live Q and a tomorrow. And as usual, if you subscribe to The Athletic through the 11 Personnel podcast, you can get my favorite thing in the world. And one fan said that we should turn this little segment into a drinking game, which I am on board with. Rich, what do you get?
2: <laughs> get your shot glasses ready. Yes, you you get a great <laughs> discount if you sign up. Uh, through uh, theathletic.com slash 11 personnel. Always a great deal on there, and we appreciate everybody. This is our last episode of 2020. How fast uh, did did that go? Of course, we will be back next week. I have no idea what we're going to be talking about. We'll either be talking about the, the preparing for a Rams playoff game the following weekend, or we'll be deconstructing uh, another nine and seven season without a, a playoff berth. So I know there's a lot of anxiety out there. Rams fans. I feel you. I know it's going to be a weird week and everybody is a little anxious about what's has uh, been going on, but thank you all. As Jordan said, thank you for following along with us and, uh, we will, we will be back with you next week, no matter what.
1: Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to this very manic episode of the 11 Personnel <laughs> Podcast. I'm Jordan Rodriguez, my co-host, fabulous Rich Hammond. Uh, we'll catch you next time.